Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen, D A D, Jam in the Jar Holder. Luke Owen, I, I think it was good to specify. Mm-hmm. Keep that alive. Keep that plate spinning. It's right there on the set behind us. The the briefcase, the lunchbox. Yeah. Can I tell you a, a fun thing I've noticed about this set mm. uh, as of late? So, um, I you know I'm head of podcasts. Uh, the the congratulations rest of, thank you the, the rest of the podcast channel is my domain mm. this set a lot of it was conversations that we were having being like here's what we'd like to do with this it's your kingdom I have made only one change uh, to this set but, you, I... but you, you but you won't see it and I, well, and I and I'll tell you why you won't see it is because everyone keeps taking it down when I've got my back turned is it the Sean Ross sap yes no we're not having that hideous thing on the set SRS mask is wonderfully behind us but anytime Pete comes in here he takes it off the set and puts it over there oh it's not just Pete I know you I do it's me I, as well I know you do it as well but he's only doing it because you told him to we're not having that. It's disgusting. It's cool. It's a fun bit of it's a fun bit of comedy behind us. It's a guy's face with the <laughs> eyes removed. Yeah. And look, I've said this before. Sean is a very handsome guy. That's not a good picture of Sean, and his eyes are missing. It makes me feel like Vecner is coming <laughs> for me. Kong. Yeah, but I think it's a fun thing to have on the set. But every time I turn my back, and I look, then I look at the set. Pete's been in here. And he's taken it down. Or you've been in here and you've taken it down. There's a lovely space there that's ready for it. And as we know, if Luke sees space anywhere, he's going to fill it with some tat. That's not filling with tat. It's filling it with fun stuff that's, that's representative of us as a brand. Let's look at this lovely backstage area. We've got Lily. Why is Lily there? That's a good point. She is just as upsetting to look at. Yeah, exactly. We're like, oh, we can't put Sean up there because the eyes. That Lily's up. We don't even like Lily. No, no. God, the teeth. Lily is there because she was just in the office 
and Rosie needed something to fill the space with. That's exactly what happened. Most of the stuff is directly connected to us. It's stuff we've created, or it's us, literally. Yeah, like Have a Nice Day by Mick Foley, co-written by <laughs> Oliver Davis. Hey, that's my it's my first wrestling book. My version it's not, the, it's not even got the cover on it. It's not even got the dust cover on it. Yeah, my version. Of, I like books, hardback books, without the dust cover. I think they look better. They get in the way. Yeah. Um, but my version at home, which I've had to pack delicately recently. Oh, really? Well, it's like 20 years old. 1990 uh, or 2000, that book would have come out. 2000, 2000, 2000 I think it came out. Yeah, yeah so I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have got it then. I would have got it like 2003, I guess. Mm. So it's nearly 20 years old. It's been, it was read a lot when I was a kid. Mick Foley himself has signed it because oh. I took it to him mm. at one of his stand-up gigs. <sighs> and yeah, it's, yeah, it's tattered. Yeah. So there's there's an emotional connection there. But it's not your copy. <laughs> but I think about my copy when you're, I see it. I would say if you are an audience member and you're looking at this background, you don't know that that is Mankind Have a Nice Day by Mick Foley. Because the dust cover for it's over there hanging up. And but, it, the, but it's got the... It literally says it there. You can't see that. It's a black magic 4K camera. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to full screen this now. Look, this, is what, this is what the shot looks like. Yeah, I can, I can make that out there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we've got that. Take us through other things. Okay, there's fit from left to right. Uh, actually, from screen, screen is also left. Yeah, it would be. Yes. Uh, Fakador's mask. We've got the trophy emoji trophy. We've got an old school WTTV challenge logo mug. We've got the Quizzlemania fist trophy. I would argue that is great. Like that is a that is a crate that makes sense. Mm, love that crate. <laughs> uh, was the the crown no. from something? No, it was going to be when we were going to do the King of Games on Screen Stalker because we found it in a old box of stuff from the old studio that we were going to do. And we then started use we put it on Chopper to be King Chopper Whopper. King Chopper Whopper, yeah. He was King Chopper Whopper for a bit. Well, there you go. That's connected then. <laughs> so very loosely, you'd forgotten that we wanted to be King No, I knew it was a Chopper thing. I was like, was it King Chopper? No, it was King Chopper Whopper. <laughs> Uh, jam in the jar King case. Choppy Whoppy. King Choppy Whoppy. Jam in the jar case. Yes. Cannot deny that. Or I would argue that I have made this relevant because any other time I turned my background, it had been turned around and flipped over, so it was just a money in the mm. bank briefcase. But I wanted it to be a jam in the jar case. Yeah. So I I do that, but then if Pete comes in, he just turns it back around. <laughs> uh, we've got the Fagador mallet. That was made for made us. Made by a fan. Uh, we've got the chairs from the custom figurines made for us by another fan. Uh -huh. A Wrestle Talk turnbuckle pad from Great. No Fans Monday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you are also ignoring the two title belts. Uh huh. They're nice. <laughs> <laughs> They're nice to look at. They are nice. The North American Championship, so integral to the Wrestle Talk podcast history. Well, me. The NXT UK Women's Championship. We got those when me, you, and Laurie went for a nice day at BT Sport and we watched did. some wrestling. No, no, no. You didn't go for a nice day at BT Sport. Me and Laurie stood outside waiting for a bus all day long for them to come pick us up. Different day was no, it was the same, same day. day. Same day. Then we had a nice evening mm. and we got very drunk at a mm. BT Sport event. And Free we, liquor. And we heckled a lot of the NXT UK wrestlers and their referees as well. Do you remember we were at the bar and we just turned around and there was Tom Phillips. 
Yes, I do. And I was like, oh, God. It's Tom Phillips. You're a joke. I think he got released a few months after that. Do you remember I took that photo with the standees of the Iconics doing the yeah. Iconic pose? And then they shared it on their mm. Instagram stories. We spoke to Paige. We did. I had a, it's one of my most liked photos I've ever mm. posted on Twitter and Kurt Angle. Uh, and I also drunkenly had a conversation with Mustache Mountain mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. I think I said to... It's the only way to talk to them. I think I did say to Trent, it's weird I'm taller than you. Because <laughs> I'm not that tall. The I bet that went down great. So look at all of the nice memories of <laughs> you've, those you've two skipped... championships of, of Spark. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, all right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Spark joy, as Marie Kondo would say. I would argue that SRS mask sparks me Sparks joy. horror. <laughs> uh, the World Heavyweight Wrestling Championship, very kindly sent to us by DX Solo. Also, that's not the... It's meant to be, <clears throat> it's meant to be the original jam that championship mm. the old well like winged eagle with the sticker on it but sully won it but sullivan's got it now uh rest talk mug rest t-shirt pro wrestling eve for the diversity <laughs> <laughs> well there you go that's a, a nice i've walk explained through it all i've you, explained it all. i know but there's I, no space for a sean mask he's a, a four-time quizlemania champion he's one of our friends Sean can definitely have a presence on there. Yeah. But not that picture. Okay, so if I went back to Jimmy Van, because Jimmy was the one that supplied this to us, if I went back to Jimmy Van, the creator of Fox, mm. and I said, look, we want to give Sean a presence on the set, but we're not allowed to have the Sean mask. Can you send us something else that's Sean related? That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> We should just we should just wait until we meet Sean in person and we can get a picture of us all together and we can frame it and put it up there. Because that's what this we've got a, a cork board yeah. that's only got one photo in at the moment, which is <laughs> memories. Memories. It's it's me, you, and Laurie with Brian Zane and Colt Cabana not looking at the camera. It's it's the OG wrestling media influencers. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's that how we pitched. Colt it. Cabana changed the game. We improved it. And Brian was awesome. <laughs> Brian did great work before we yeah. came around as well. Um, I've actually got lots of photos of us that I've had printed off. Mm. That I keep meaning to bring in to put on the cork board. But we also thought about doing them in the office as yeah. well. But yeah. we've not done those either. We'll do them. My, my lady partner's sort of rejigging the office and she's nearly all the way there. Mm -hmm. Loads of plants arrived on Friday. But, you know, you... The next been, stage is pictures. You've been busy, haven't you? With housemates. Oh, God. I don't <laughs> want to talk about my house move. Well, that's fine, because we're going to move into the main portion of this topic today, talking about new AEW Tag Team Champions. Ollie hated it. <laughs> Here's the show. This episode is sponsored by Incogni, and we've got a deal with that link down below because you will get 20% off Incogni, but only to the first 100 people oh, wow. that use the promo code WTPODCAST at checkout. And there's currently 600 of you watching this stream at the moment. So you're already, right, this is like four guys. It's like a rumble. <laughs> yeah, got to try and be one of the first people in there. Now, I know what you're thinking to yourself. What the heckins is Incogni? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think that your data is safe on the internet? 
Because if you think the answer is yes, then you're an idiot and you're <laughs> wrong. Because your data isn't safe. In fact, there are companies that have bought all of your data and are then selling it off to other companies that are then selling it off to other companies. But you have the legal right to have those companies remove your data from their databases. But surely... It's an impossible task, Oliver Davis. There's no way me, I'm a busy professional, I can't just sit down and email the, the scores of companies that do this and go through the legal process, surely not. Because it's not, it's not five companies, it's not ten companies. It's happened to like hundreds of companies that have got this. There's no time in the day to do this. But Incogni will do it for you and very satisfyingly send you updates about it and actually mm. show it's like a progress bar. Oh, oh, it's, oh, it's good. It's so satisfying to log in, get that email from them being like, we've cleared your name from these databases. Yeah, since so we've um, been working with Incogni for about three months now, I think, you know, set my account up back then. And I, I get like an email every week, pretty much about, yeah, just as an update, we have removed all your personal data, you know, like email addresses, your name, name, like how many siblings I've got, which is weird. Yeah, <laughs> companies just have that. Your address, yeah. your phone number that we've removed it from this place and this place and this place. We're working on these ones. I'm like, I've got a little robot hit squad working yeah. for me. Superb. Yeah. So click the link in the video description down below. The first 100 people to use the promo code WT podcast will get 20 percent off at checkout. Right, this episode was just an excellent show for in-ring wrestling. Capped by the main event, the three-way match of the Young Bucks defending their AEW Tag Team titles against Swerve in Our Glory. It's not a good name. I mean, should we just make a tally of all the things that you hate about this match? They just, it feels like they just went with the first idea they had. <laughs> and Team Taz. And just th this match... Everybody had, I love stuff that comes from character. And there were so many spots in this match that came from the individual characters interacting with each other. Like the Bucks doing their super kick party on Keith Lee and Keith Lee doesn't go down. So Ricky Starks comes in. I'll join in. All three of them super kick Lee. Lee goes down and Ricky, of course, he does his little pose and the Bucks super kick him yeah. just like spot match, after spot match reaction there because nick jackson's doing the pose and ricky's doing his and matt's like yeah i guess we'll do this but <laughs> also i'm just gonna super kick you now uh just ricky starks and nick jackson doing the the tightrope walk thing and meeting in the middle yeah the stereo spots nick jackson versus swerve strickland oh, that's a yeah, singles outside. match i'd really love mm. to see um just excellent stuff and my do you want my favorite spot of this match mm. so the Young Bucks stop Keith Lee doing a tope. Oh, oh no, it wasn't. Sorry, it wasn't the Young Bucks. Team Taz stop Keith Lee from doing a tope and pull him outside. And then Matt Jackson does his drop kick through the ropes and then like skins the cat upwards to split the legs so that Nick Jackson can do his little leapfrog thing over onto Keith Lee. Keith Lee just catches him and power bombs Nick Jackson into Matt Jackson, who's still in the uh, uh, the cat spot. Yeah. Oh. It was just so much fun. And then Keith Lee just sounds like, yeah, of course I did that. <laughs> it's like they all sat down backstage and had a list of their spots that they do. And like, well, I could use my spot to counter this spot. It was just such a well thought out, exciting match. The only thing going against it really going in was, well, this is a bit predictable, isn't it? Can I tell you one of my notes I've written down here? Because they have this big schmoz spot. I, I mean, I thought in the middle, like, mm. I thought at the end of the match, actually almost ends up being, it's the start of the, the, third, the third act where the ref gets bumped. 
and Swerve is like teasing that he's going to hit. I don't, think, I don't say he was teasing he was going to hit Keith Lee with the belt. Not the way he was holding it anyway. It just looked like he was holding the belt. He wasn't doing like the whole like, not like Adam Cole with Jay White in the lead up to Forbidden Door, right? And then they did some spots after this and then there's no one in the ring and Lee and Swerve hit their finish. And I've written my notes here. Man, I really thought they were going to put the belts on Swerve in their glory then. Like what an amazing near fall. <laughs> they really made me believe that they might win this match. Of course they're not going to because the Young Bucks are retaining. And they've got to face FTR. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, after that bit, the, the match that was already at 11 went into overdrive, fans on their feet. Keith Lee does a dive over the top rope. He doesn't go very far. but He, he doesn't get, need he, to. He doesn't need to. He's, he's big enough. And he took out everyone. Swerve saw the opportunity. Who did he stomp? Was it Starks? Starks, yeah. That hit the stomp <laughs> it wasn't going to be Hobbs, was it? Of course. And... One, two, three, new tag team champions, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Absolutely stunning. Did not see that coming. And not at all. It is nice to have a such a surprise thing. We get loads of title matches on Dynamite. And when you go in, you can either there's those ones where you're like, oh, I think this is definitely going to change hands. Or, oh, I really don't know which way it's going to go. And they're definitely retaining. And for me, this was a definitely retaining spot. And usually, AEW definitely retain those ones. So to have a team beat the Bucks 28 days into their reign, really good surprise. Yeah, because we thought, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, that we were heading to Young Bucks FTR 3. Like, I didn't see um, Dynamite last week, but I believe even when the Young Bucks were announcing mm. this match, the crowd were chanting FTR. And like FTR would tweet and be like, hey, AEW, do you hear the fans? They've been ranked the number one team for like the last like five months or whatever it is. And I think, yeah, we all figured that's the direction we were going, particularly because the Hardys were supposed to win the tag belts a few weeks ago in that ladder match before Jeff's DUI. And then instead put them on the Young Bucks because they still wanted to do the Christian turn. So we're like, okay, well, we're switching gears here. We're not going to do the Hardys FTR, we'll do the Young Bucks FTR. But now we're just switching gears again. And I just think, though, because they didn't put the belts on the Hardys, they're now like, well, let's just do this a bit more freeform jazz. Like, we'll you know, see where the wind takes us and we'll put the belts on Swerve and our glory. Yeah. See, what, see where that comes from. And I'm really I'm really happy for Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. We speak so highly of them. I still think they're less than the sum of their individual parts. I think they're excellent singles guys, but I do enjoy them as a tag team. Pete has come in. Apparently, the chat's on screen. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, it is. Who put yeah. that there? I don't know. <laughs> I'd have probably, I, I, I say when who put that there. It would have been me when, been. I, when I was trying to get all of the graphics back on screen. So my, my my thing with this is I'm really happy for them. Thanks, Pete. But it really is the the third best option for me. Because I, last week I said, well, the Bucks challenged the, both these teams. That's not really what a heel act should do because that you know they shouldn't be fighting champions. But actually, I think it's a really good bit of character work because they look like they're fighting champions when really they're running scared from FTR that's the story you tell great work and then the Bucks drop the titles here I'm like oh so the Bucks are just just like they just cause their own downfall here and we're not going to get this long build to them versus FTR all out which I think is the biggest tag match that they can do and it's the fa it's definitely the match that everyone wants. I was speaking to a guy upstairs who watches wrestling. And he was like, I mean, I like Swerve and Our Glory, but 
why aren't we getting Bucks versus FTR now? And I agree. And uh, the way AEW does things, that probably means, oh, it's going to happen next year. And that that it's another one of those examples where the hottest thing, they're like, yeah, but we'll hold off on it a bit longer. You fickle wrestling fans. Just a few months ago, you were there like, why are we putting the belts on Swerve and Our Glory? Should have put the belts on Swerve and Our Glory. Second they put them on, they're like, well, it's not what I would have done. I wouldn't have put the belts on Swerve and Our Glory at this point. You're right, because everything stays exactly the same. You you keep all your momentum from yeah, February just, you, to now. You, you're just fickle wrestling fans is what you are. I... You don't know what you want. That's the problem with you wrestling fans. Swerve in our glory, if you were going to do this, should have won in February when they're at their peak. I have not been a fan, really, of the Swerve Lee dissension storyline. It started in the Battle Royal. I thought it was dumb there. I thought the only spot they did to further that here was also dumb. I thought the whole, I've got the belt. Am I going to hit Lee? I was like, what, what purpose is this serving? Whatever you're trying to do isn't doing anything any bit of intrigue it just makes swerve look a bit dumb but that's why i don't think it was a tease of swerve hitting it, why did he it, just stand there then because he was trying to hype his all right like it was almost like a i've got the belt because he wasn't holding it like i'm going to hit them it was essentially like i'm removing this from the match let's do this keith lee's way we could try to do this my way if that doesn't work maybe we'll try and do it my way but let's try and do this keith keith is like he's an honorable wrestler let's win this the honorable way and keith's whole point is like look we've got no issues as long as we keep winning. The second that they lose this match, that's like, they lose, that's when the team is going to implode. So if you're telling that story, then this team almost can't lose here because then you have to do the implosion thing. And I thought they may have done the implosion here, but now that they won the tag belts, I'm actually more intrigued in the story now as to where what direction we're going to go in. They've zigged when I thought they were going to zag. And I think that's a cool thing. I For me, it's a, the zag is under my expectations. I I think that's I'd also argue work. we've literally just done the Bucks FTR. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's the hot match. It's the hot program that everyone wants to see. It's, it's no, definitely no, no, the new... hot, no, the hot program people want to see is FTR going for the tag belts. Yeah. So FTR versus Swerve and Our Glory is a is as hot of an as I hot don't of a think story. that's as big a match on pay per view. You don't think out. Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland is a big match? Not compared to versus the Bucks. But we've seen that literally a couple of months ago. We saw it, but not when you're telling the story of these. AEW tag team champions who've had it since when was it May June June I think it was versus the guys with all the belts and they're they're calling each other out and they keep ducking each other okay but so what you're saying is that the match that between the guys who won it at the end of June versus the guys that won it in mid-July like a two-week difference isn't going to be as big of a match yeah because it's the Bucks but like, but would, but now you're downplaying the 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 accomplishments of Keith Lee and Swerve Street. Are you trying to say that they're not big stars? No, I'm just a, big... they're not as big tag team stars as the Bucks. But you're also saying that when the Bucks had the tag belts, they were holding the tag team division hostage, and you didn't like their last tag run. Yes, that's correct. But this time, I was like, okay, you but, can build it for FTR. But I th I think we've still got a big match coming our way. Like that's the strength of AEW's deep roster mm -hmm. is that you don't have to rely on just two teams. You could have also done this with Team Taz and made them feel like a big deal going against FTR. But I actually think the bigger match is FTR versus uh, Lee and Strickland, particularly if you build this story with Lee and Strickland. I couldn't disagree more. We're just going to have to agree to disagree on that. Plus, the other thing is, the act I liked most here and last week was Team Frickin' Taz. I was like, if you're going to just do a, a, a shock thing, put it on Starks and Hobbs. I don't know the right team to put the belts on now.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, should we see what everybody else has to say? Just one last part I wanted mm-hmm. to highlight in this was Powerhouse Hobbs spine-bustering everyone and on onto everyone else. Might yeah. have actually been one of my favorite spots in the match. Four consecutive people. Yeah. Uh, Banana Wama 7 says, That main event was the most I've been into a wrestling match and its outcome in a while. Legit popped out of the couch when Swerve got the pin. AEW needs to put a rocket on his back. I believe he has mainstream potential, how prevalent hip-hop culture is. So, fun story for you all when I'm watching this show. So I watch this show downstairs with my, my wife and my child, so which is why I usually have commentary from my You've wife. you got a kid. Yes, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't bring it up every now and again. Um, but like my, my, my wife often passes comments on things. She thinks John Moxley's quite lame. Hmm. Um, I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, she, was trying, she was trying to talk to me about the kid's teeth and about how like the kid, like the kid at one point during the Anna Jay, um, Serena D match, screamed the entire time because she's just in pain with her teeth and then like my wife took and had breakfast and came back and she was trying to tell me about the kids teeth and about sort of like the the medicine that we're giving her to do this just as the they were doing the swerve thing with the belt and with the rick knox ref bump and i was like mm-hmm, yeah yeah go, cool yeah 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 that, that sounds great i was properly focused on the match my wife read the situation was like i guess we'll talk about our child's health later <laughs> <laughs> and I, honestly 
could not take my eyes off the screen. Mm. And I was so engrossed in this and I leapt out of my seat when they won. I was so beyond happy that they won the belts. Well, now I know that you care about this act more than your kid. I, I get I get the FTR excitement. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Charles Berg. Now, I'm not upset that the world's sexiest man, Keith Lee, and he's not so se- not as sexy power tag champs. However, this, this whole thing has me scratching my head. Currently, the money match is FTR versus Bucks. So I'm confused as to why the Bucks would drop the belts. Injury? I think they were always going to be transitional champions. But yeah, I, I, I think I, it's baffling. I thought they were going to drop the bells. On, I, on that point, I agree with you that I really did think we were holding on with the Bucks to go with FTR. Uh, Nathan Portwoman. Hey, guys, how y'all doing? Honestly, yesterday wasn't a vibe. If they wanted a title change, it should have gone with Hobbs and Starks. Anyway, Ollie, I see the subtle changes to your hairstyle. I like it. Subtle changes, or you mean... Getting it cut. Yeah. that's That was the secret. Riot DR. Hey, yo. I'm probably biased, but I don't care. Keith Lee and Shane Strickland are champions. Two men who, at one point, were the most interesting thing on NXT, only to be ignored and mishandled, are surrounded in a glory that needs needs to be basked in. Mm-hmm. Christopher Poseidon. That main event was amazing. Was there... Love with four friends who never... Was there live, yes. With four friends who never saw wrestling live and this show made them fans. That's great. Teared up when Swerve and Lee won. Wonder where they go from here, though. It's exciting. Makes you want to watch next week. Chance 25. Ollie, I love you, but how is Swerve in our glory the third best choice in a match where the champs weren't even supposed to be champs? This is just... Is this an elaborate heel turn? Are we getting worked? What about me? I think so, yeah. What? So, but the Bucks... The Bucks retaining here, I think, is the best creative and smart decision for the company. I, I, I don't think it's the best and smart decision for the company. To I make th- money, it is. Yeah, I, okay, so you know you think because they've put the belts on on um, Swerve and Lee that all that's just not going to sell out now. It's not going to work. <laughs> the buy rate's going to be really terrible for I this show, you guys. sell out. <laughs> Tem Rosa, I was so surprised about the title change. It does make me wonder where they are going with FTR and the whole belt collector story. Do we see multi-team winner take all match, take all match at all out? Even bring in the Impact and NWA champs as well. Ultimo FTR Dragons. I didn't see that. No, that would be uh, Forbidden Door was ages ago. Um, Danny G, gonna be one of them weeks where Ollie gets a lot of hate, so let me defend him. Magnificent job with the hair. <laughs> <laughs> really, though, although I popped for the win, I do kind of agree, but that's just presuming FTR Bucks was the plan. Let's wait and see and then judge. That's the other side of this. <clears throat> We're all presuming the direction was Bucks FTR 3. We don't know if that was ever the direction they were going in. Because, like, as we've said before, they weren't supposed to win the tag belts. Hardy's was supposed to win the tag belts. So it might have been Hardy's FTR at uh, All Out. Or it might have been Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus FTR at All Out. And the Young Bucks were never a factor into this. But So is this just fans have written a story in their heads? They're now not doing that story, so they think this is a bad thing. I think usually the fans writing a story in their own heads and then it not happening and then getting upset is, is definitely a thing that happens. But also, listen to your crowd. And last week, the promo segment between the Bucks, Team Taz... The crowd won FTR. Yes. So it doesn't matter who they're going against. They were chanting FTR in the Bucks promo. And Nick said, you know we're better than them. And everyone went crazy. Because that's the match they won. No, or the crowd won is FTR going for the tag belts. It doesn't matter who they're going against at this point. You You could have put it on Team Taz. You could put it on Butcher and Blade. 
And the crowd would still be chanting for FTR because they know that that's the tag match they want. Uh, Riot DR, why bump the ref when it's a triple threat tag? I have the Great exact, point. Uh, same thought. Also, how can the Young Bucks have the most title reigns if they don't lose them? AEW does have weird timing on some of these title wins, to be honest. Big love to Hobbs, spine busting, all in sight. And finally for now, Hurricane Dante. I agree a bit with both. I think the bigger match is Bucks versus FTR, but I think Glory is an interesting story, and I want to see this story to to go to see where it goes. Either way, love this match and love you both. Stay safe and amazing. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Keep sending in your Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Before we get in with the full review, tell me about that incogni again. Well, that's it because you know people are clicking the link because they want to get their voices heard, right? They want to get their Omega chats in. They're going to read out all of them. So while you're in the mood for clicking links, why not click the link to Incogni? Because the first 100 people who use the promo code WTPODCAST are going to get 20% off their purchase at checkout. It is a, it's the best way to protect yourself online because there are companies out there that have bought all of your data, your name, your address, your age, your siblings, all of your relatives, information about you that you don't really want to have out there that's just being sold off to other companies for nefarious means mm. one would presume so incogni is a way to protect yourself on that they will go to all of those companies and legally because it is your right to have this remove all of that data from their databases i think it's only going to become a bigger thing in the years so it's Absolutely. good to get ahead of it Right, so this episode of Dynamite was a special. Aren't they all these these days? Do you know what? I was, I was with Dan Layton. We went out for lunch earlier. And he just said to me, he was like, are these special episodes of Dynamite really that special? And I said, well, I guess they did a tag title change. But apart from that, no, nah, they are more or less the same. Road Rager, Fighter Fest, Blood and Guts. Guts. We had St. Patrick's Day Slam not that long yeah, ago. Yeah, just like, just make them every four weeks and build to them. Um, because really, like, what... This is a two-night event as well. It's going to happen next week. There's nothing different nope. apart from having a few bigger matches. Well, do you remember the whole point of Fighter Fest originally? I was I knew meant like oh, it was a, yeah. I, I it was a gaming thing. It was a gaming thing. Mm. It was a, to tie in with CEO, and they don't do that tie-in anymore. And it was also a parody of the Fire documentary that was on mm. Netflix that was popular for that one week. So it's I think it's really weird that they're still sticking with the Fighter Fest thing because they're not doing anything Fighter. Or Firefest related anymore. He's gonna he's gonna do what it takes, the Firefest guy. <laughs> he's he's gonna do whatever it takes to get that water. Mm. Like they didn't even have they don't say like it's no festival thing to it anymore. They're not selling people bad sandwiches. I swear there were women in bikinis one year. That was the first Where's think, the objectification? I think they did that for like the well, I can't remember if that was Beach Break or the Bash of the Beach one that they did. But mm. yeah, like they don't do any of that stuff anymore. So now it's just it's dynamite, but with a different bumper when I'm watching on yeah. the fight feed. I don't get the dynamite music when the ad breaks come on. Uh, so the opening match was Orange Cassidy taking on Wardlow. A very difficult match to book because Wardlow's appeal, I would argue, was in being either an underdog downtrodden person or an absolute badass monster heel. And now you're in a place where, well, he's the champion. He's no longer the underdog. And... You want to have longish matches, be so you can't just do squashes to get him over as a rollers champion. I thought the way they work this, babyface versus babyface, 
was perfect for what they needed to do. Yeah, because it starts this off with the best friend cutting a promo saying that Dan Housen's legal team has got them their manager's license, which is set up from the Dan, uh, Dan Lambert segment of Cube a couple of weeks back. And so the only way they know how to win this match is to cheat. Mm. And because they are baby faces, they're really bad at cheating. I love that. So at the same time, Orange Cassidy does a really bad job of saying, oh, my eye hurts. And the referee's <laughs> distracted by him. Trent gets up onto the ring to try and unhook the turnbuckle, but can't do it. So the referee gets distracted by that. Meanwhile, Chuck Taylor gets a chainsaw from underneath the ring and slides it into the ring. And the referee's like, what is this? <laughs> it's a chainsaw. You're not going to use a chainsaw in a match. Ejects the best friends from ringside. And Orange Cassidy's last court, like last bit of defense was he was trying to lure Wardlow around <laughs> the ring. But Wardlow, being a smart babyface, is like, no, Danhausen's hiding yeah. underneath here. So he pulls Danhausen from underneath the ring. Danhausen goes to curse him. He's like, I think I'd rather not try and curse you. And just walks to the back instead. <sighs> does, this, does, this, does this mean Danhausen's in chaos? Oh, I hope so. I mean, it probably does. Trent sues in chaos, so why not Danhausen? Danhausen and a card. <laughs> In the faction founded by serious Shinsuke Nakamura. Sure, I can't wait for that eight-man tag at a uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Um, the Cassidy's comedy spots allowed this match to be sort of artificially elongated in a very fun way. Wardlow always looked sort of that monster badass. He was booed at some points because people got behind Cassidy so much, but I don't think that's a problem. And really, like, the last sequence of this was actually edge-of-your-seat stuff. Cassidy, I think he dodged something. Then he hits a beach break on Wardlow. Wardlow kicked out. I, I didn't buy it, but I certainly jumped. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Wardlow awesomely countered an orange punch to hit one powerbomb to win. Yeah, just one powerbomb. Didn't do the powerbomb symphony. And after the match, we gave a, a sign of respect mm. to, to Orange Cassidy. Really, really fun comedy match that turned into a serious match by the end. I, I thought this was great fun. Really good. Uh, Pack beat Shota Umino at a Rev Pro match. This was, it was aired in full on Dark, but they did a sort of highlights package here. I hope we get more of that on mm. Dark, to be honest. I hope they show the OTT match. I hope this is what the All Atlantic title is. I like, you know, how they. They didn't book their champion to lose in another promotion. Yeah. That's that's nice. I'm sure they'll do the same thing for women. Uh, Chris Jericho. <laughs> that's, that, that's different. Is it? Yeah. Because that's, that's to set up a title match for mm. a pay-per-view. Okay. Uh, Chris Jericho then came out without JAS because he's not Wizard Jericho. <laughs> he's not, I don't know, the other Jericho, Jacket Jericho. He's the coolest of the Jerichos. Painmaker incoming. So, my <laughs> wife laughed uproariously when he said the Painmaker. Painmaker's a great name. Well, the question I have for you, Ollie, is that you have always argued that Painmaker is a work. Is that mm. he that Jericho knows it's lame and he's working the fans who think that it's lame. The, the, the hat and the face paint. The face paint. Yeah. And I've always made the argument that, no, Jericho thinks this is cool. I think you're... This, this, <laughs> this really made me, made me think the same lines as you. Uh, he's, he got over the next week, this absolutely bonkers stipulation of Mania main event. Kingston versus Jericho, last time ever, allegedly, in a barbed wire everywhere match with JAS suspended above the ring in a shark cage. Because it's Shark Week on TNT. 
They just chuck that bit in. Well, I guess they had to. It's weird when they did that King Kong versus Godzilla match where they were like, well, we've got to promote this. So got... Bring back Shark Boy. So we've got... Oh, man. If they brought back Shark Boy for a match, that's that. you've actually solved the problem. Yeah. Don't put it in the main event. Because when I heard they were doing a shark cage thing, I was like, oh, right. Because there's two ways of doing... Uh, there's two reasons to do a shark cage match. There's Tony's reason, which is... I like wrestling from the 80s, even when it was a bit hokey and everyone thinks the shark cages are a bit stupid. Or WWE's reason, which is we have toys to sell mm. and there's a new toy line with a shark cage in it, so book a shark cage match. Because actually, I'd argue neither of those are good reasons to ever do a shark cage match. But now <laughs> it actually turns out there's a third option, which is the network does yeah. <laughs> shark quick. So we have to do a shark. But you're, the, you're absolutely bang on the banana there. Should have just been Shark Boy having a match. Shark Boy having a fun exhibition comedy match against Orange Cassidy. Oh, and Dan Housen. Give me that. Yeah, yeah. I bet it was still going to happen. Because uh, the... Tony watches the show. <laughs> uh, but this was a good promo, I thought. You know, pain maker silliness aside, uh, he really got over the idea that Jericho has taken out all of Eddie's friends because being friends with Eddie is poison. He is self destructive and destructive to people around him. And once he's beaten him, you can go back to your drink and drugs and mental issues. So pretty harsh stuff. And then it cuts to Kingston after the ad break. And Kingston is like, oh, well, I'm only getting 30 seconds. And he cuts a promo about how he's going to murder Jericho. Yeah. But I do agree with Kingston. Why isn't he allowed to speak for longer? Because it's the best stuff that happens usually. Well, I mean, in Kingston's, I mean, Kingston has said on, on this podcast... That's Tony's always terrified when he has a live microphone. <laughs> so fair, the best thing actually is just to keep it to a really short period of time. <laughs> you can only threaten to murder so many people. He admitted to murder on a previous episode of Dynamite. Oh, Eddie. <laughs> uh, the, but Ruby Soho was behind him with her arm, her wrist bandaged up. She is fine. She's wrestling on indie shows. So this is a work. And Ortiz was also there. But no Santana. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, you know, we thought we were going to have time to do the Lucha Brothers versus LAX for the tag team titles, and we thought we'd hold off for mm. a little while. Uh, but yeah, this was this was a good, solid promo, I thought. I'm, I'm really excited to see the match next week. I'm kind of not. Okay. Well, I was I was done after Blood and Guts. Yeah, I, same here, but at least this is, it'll be violent. <laughs> well, there will be consensual <laughs> violence, so on that aspect, you're right. Moxley versus Takeshita. Holy Takeshita. Um, this was great. I think Moxley, in the interim AEW World Championship, it was ropey getting there, but I think having a world champion rather than the, the vacated thing, I think it's actually could be a really good strength going forward if this is the norm. And I think Moxley looks great. I think he made Takeshita look great. Takeshita made Takeshita look great. This was a hard-hitting, violent match. Yeah, and this match was born off the back of, because they put over on commentary, that Moxley saw Takeshita's performance against Eddie Kingston on Rampage and was like, that's a guy mm. that I want to give a chance to. Because this is a title eliminator thing, so if Takeshita pins him, he gets a shot at the title down the line. Or actually, I think it's like the next match he'll get will be a shot at the belt. So it'll have to be Moxley twice in order to be champion. But it, it was he was so great. The crowd was so into it. Like, amazingly into his near falls as well. Like he had this blue thunderbomb spot. Moxley was so good at the mm. really, really late kickouts on this. And actually, the you're right on the money of 
this is better than having a vacated champion and just putting a new champion on someone or make cranning a new champion and it's sold to me by a line that regal had at the end of this match where moxley has just destroyed Takeshita, you know proper death rider to him raining down the elbows bulldog choke and regal has this line that says i hope cm punk is watching at home realizing mm. what he needs to survive when he gets back i think that's the first time they've overtly said moxley and punk are going to have a, a fight when they get back they have said that hey whether it's moxley or whoever the interim champion is cm punk is going to be mm. facing off against them but this is regal saying like no, no no when cm punk gets back it's moxley he's going to have to try and survive and that one line i was like I cannot wait for Punk to come back and face Moxley. I had the exact same sensation and realization. Like, champion versus champion, Moxley versus Punk. That is a bigger match than Moxley versus Punk for one title. Yep. I think that that's going to go down as one of the biggest matches in company history. So maybe they'll put the belt on, on someone else that's not Moxley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, by then it'll be Ricky Starks. <laughs> <laughs> and you won't be happy about that either. <laughs> well, now's the time to do it. <laughs> really good stuff. I, the only thing I would say was the whole Blackpool Combat Club vibe of challenging guys to maybe join. Takeshita's one of those people who should sort of be in the in the conversation. Mm. That wasn't really a factor here. No, you know, you don't want the group to get too big. Because mm. otherwise, like, there's a hundred guys that could get that spot. The group. <laughs> Come back to that later. Uh, House of Black had a promo on Darby Allen. No Buddy Matthews. I think he's uh, in. I think he's abroad wrestling. Mm -hmm. I love Julia Hart's part of this faction. Okay, I think, I think her presentation of it's really cool. <laughs> Maybe I love it because I've been waiting for it for a year. <laughs> I didn't mean that to be as dismissive. Okay, but okay, it, yeah, cool. but now I've said it. It totally is dismissive. <laughs> Luchasaurus versus Griff Garrison was next, set up by a brilliant Christian line of Luchasaurus. He looks like Jungle Boy. Get him, boy. Yeah. I mean, you made the comment a couple of weeks ago. It was like, you know, Christian said, your dad's dead to Jungle Boy. Where do you go from here? And it was like, well, your dad's dead and I want to sleep with your mum. Mm -hmm. But like now there's like, where do I go next? Like, I guess Pillman's dad's dead. So your I'll, dad's dead. So I'll, I'll just say that. This one didn't land as much. The bit that I, I enjoyed most about Christian's promo here is when he said, Brian Pillman, your dad is a legend in this business. Some people will say that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that personally, but other people have said it. <laughs> it was really good. And yeah, it was like, he would just be disappointed in you. Like The, the second half of it didn't land. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't think the he looks like Jungle Boy line landed either. No, it landed for me, but it didn't land in the arena. Yeah, but Luchasaurus won quickly. I think for two reasons. MJ, you won't be able to top what MJF said to nope. Brian Pillman last year. And funnily enough, I think Christian might be in danger of doing for promos what he did for TLC matches. And that's, you've done two now, but you can't top two. You've run out, yeah. you've done all your hotspots. But Tony Khan goes through phases of this. You remember when he first brought Sting in? And Sting had a segment on every show mm. where it was like, Sting's going to cover promo this week. He'll wind back the, we'll hear from Christian Cage, and that would just be more of a sporadic thing. You focus more on Luchasaurus is going to murder someone. And yeah. like you said, that's what he did here. Squash Gif Griff Garrison, and then afterwards they beat up Brian Pillman Jr. to chokeslammed Griff onto Brian, onto the timekeeper's table. Didn't break. Next, well, that's why he just did it again. Did it again. 
So next week, it, I believe it's next week, I might be on Rampage next yeah. week, it's going to be the Varsity Blondes versus Luchasaurus and Christian Cage. Christian Cage has got to outwork someone, which is the whole reason he became a manager is he has to do matches. And imagine he's going to spend the entire time on the apron. Yeah, great. In his turtleneck. Yeah, maybe. Luchasaurus will do all the work. Christian will tag himself in mm-hmm. and just get the pin. Uh, JAS got a promo on the Shark Cage match next week. Well, Angelo Parker pulled out a knife. No, it's a comb. It's a flip comb. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, because he's got cool. He's cool hand Luke, or cool hand whatever it is. <laughs> so he's just like he's going to comb his hair. I thought it was a knife for no, a second. Flip knife. It's like, geez, they are. They need to cut back on the coffee. <laughs> My favorite moment of this is you know in Kingston's promo when he opens it up by looking at the production guy, being like, "Oh, I've only got thirty seconds, have I?" My favorite moment of this is when 2.0 leave and it cuts to Daniel Garcia. And the first thing Daniel Garcia does is look at the production guy to see how long he's got left for the promo. Oh, he's so the Red Death, whatever he was, <laughs> his name was. Uh, maybe that's a really meta sports entertainment reference. Uh, All Out was announced for the Now Arena in Chicago on September 4th, as expected. Day after Clash of the Castle. You got it. You got to hope CM Punk's coming back, right? And that's where you do the big title thing. Yeah, and they hope so. Every year, I can cry at Punk returning in Chicago. But it's fine because the show's not going to sell out. (laughs) No one will be there to see it. Not without that Bucks match. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, you've got Moxley versus Punk for two (laughs) titles, but... Well, they're the young Bucks. Could have booked a bigger arena. (laughs) Um... Hangman Page is backstage next, and he is on his phone texting, and his interview doesn't really get started. The Dark Order come in and say, hey, bro, we need to take on the House of Black on Rampage, and Page is like, sure. He was champion six weeks ago. Yeah, he's given up. He he just feels despondent, Mm. which is a (laughs) storyline that would really work had they not had Forbidden Doorway, who was going for a title that that he nearly won. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you look at Dynamite and he had those bits where he was drinking beer in the crowd yeah, and you're like, I, oh, no, you're relapsing. I wasn't part, I wasn't asked to be part of the Battle Royal. Yeah, but I just, uh, that it needs a lot more work, that story. Yeah, it does. Um, Massively so. Claudio Castagnoli took on Jake Hager next. I didn't mind this match, but you said you didn't like it. Oh, I thought uh, it was the other way around. Because I, I thought you said that you got bored oh, yeah. watching this match. Yeah, I did get bit bored yeah because i also got bored watching this match well it went way longer than it needed uh-huh. to my my only note i had was hager's lack of reaction is impressive given how long <laughs> he's been a wrestler because like yeah you'd have thought maybe he'd just get a pop for the fact that oh i remember you from 20 years ago all but they he doesn't, he doesn't do, even get that all they needed to do at the start of this was hager getting in front we the and then clobber and they did go high octane from the start which was good but to not overtly reference the real American so stuff. So that's the thing I find most fascinating about this match. So I'm going to compare this to Raw trying to break up the Street Profits and the Street Profits ignoring the story mm. and just acting like everything is fine. But commentary like, there's so much dissension between the, the Street Profits here. The crowd are doing We the People chants. Tony Khan has booked this because they were attacked. Commentary are like, these former best friends, they're now at odds with each other. And Claudio and Jake are like, oh, I'm not bothered. Mm. Like, let's not even bother with that because it, it, it was a fraction of my <clears> career. <throat> I don't even really remember us doing it. So we'll just have a regular match. Because mm. this is exactly what they did at Blood and Guts. 
they had the stare off, but it got to go, like, we the people. And it was like, no, we're just going to have a wrestling match. Yeah, I think it's a missed opportunity. You've you, you got a moment for a bit of fun nostalgia. I said it last week. Just have Jericho come out and say, we've got a special guest referee in Zeb Coulter, Dutch Mantel. So, or, or he comes out at ringside and just has a little homicide cameo spot. Mm. Um, but my main thing, and this is a nitpick because Cla- Claudio is super over. Uppercuts, love it. Swing, love it. He's not Blackpool Combat Club for me. I just don't, I don't, I'm not getting that vibe. I feel like the Blackpool Combat Club of a couple of months ago, where it's Danielson, Moxley, Utah, my favourite thing in wrestling. Now it's just, Claudio's out there smiling? Like, no, you need to be whacking the crap out of someone. Yeah, and I think that like him and Mox outside of Blood and Guts, they really feel like they're connected mm. to each other. Like, Claudio does not feel like he's part of the same faction that Wheelie Utah is. There's anything Wheelie Utah really feels like. Much yeah, of they dropped either. the ball. He, because, like, where's he been? Yeah. They did such a good job getting them over. Like he was, a, he was gone for a little bit because he was over with New Japan. But he, they're so focused on the Ring of Honor side of things now that he doesn't feel like he's connected with yeah. with Moxley. So yeah, I, I do agree with you on that point. And also, this match went way too long. Hager is so under that they had to do a 2.0 running spot to try and make the crowd think that Hager might win. And even then, the crowd didn't think that he yeah. was going to win. Uh, Claudio uh, won with the Ricola bomb. I wish he just had the uppercut as a finisher. You know, that. Yeah. I wish he just went after that first running uppercut. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been better. Because I, I think about this because he did it against Zack Sabre Jr. at Forbidden Door. And we popped massively <clears> because we thought they were just going to end the match there. And like, I'm glad they didn't mm. because I got to see Claudio versus Zach. Like in two weeks time, I've been like, they really did cheat me out of Claudio versus Zach. But then they gave me that match. I don't think in two weeks time I'd have been like, oh, man, they didn't give yeah. me Claudio versus Jack Swagger. 3-0 though. Uh, he is winning, getting a lot of wins. So Of course he's yeah. new. Uh, Hook got interviewed backstage, didn't say anything. Yes. Well, the, the purpose of this interview was you've beaten loads of people do you think you'll be in line for a title shot soon? And it was almost like Hook thought that. I was like, that's a good idea, actually. Mm. I hadn't really considered that, but maybe you're onto something. Who? Who? who who's he face? Moxley. Hook Moxley for a special event of Dynamite? I mean, it'd be great. You'd have to beat Hook unless you Tempest gotta, is booking. You've got to beat him at some point. Unless, yeah. unless, of course, Hook does win. And you do Hook Punk... Hook, Utah, he's just one of these guys who AEW have forgotten about with all the other stuff they've got going on, I feel. I don't know if that's fair. No, I think he's near as hot as he was last year. No, he is not as hot as he was last year. But like that is that was a real like moment of there was not there wasn't much you could have done with him outside of what Tempest said, which is put the title on him. Mm, could put the TNT title on him. Oh no, but you had to do all the Scorpio Sky stuff. Well that was all that was Cody era. Yeah. Uh, Thunder Rosa was ha- had a clip of her losing in Joshi Pro Tokyo Pro. Can't remember the exact, but mm. it's in, J- in Japan to Yamashita. That is to set up a title shot for Yamashita. As I alluded to before, I don't like that booking. I just think have a special number one contenders match there, and they come over to face Rosa. I don't think you should be beating your champion in other promotions. Yeah, I don't think they would have done that to a male champion. Well, we'll see with Pac, won't we? Mm. Uh, I, I, I don't mind it at all. I think it's a good way to set up a match. I, it, here's what I will say. It got people talking. Because it's all I saw on over the weekends. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, if it, I guess it would, 
Were they talking like it was good? Yeah. Like, okay. a, like a real, like, oh, wow, I can't believe they did that because I think people are really high on her as well. So, mm. like, it felt like a really big deal and excited that she's going to get to come over to the US and, and perform in front of us, or cool. in front of them, because I'm not going. I think you can do it without beating Rosa. Uh, Thunderstorm were backstage doing an interview, speaking of Thunder Rosa, and Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter came in and was like, you know how to stop a thunderstorm with a sandbag, which is a really specific reference to accusations that Thunder Rosa sandbagged, which means not really selling or helping go up for moves in a match against Marina Shafir, I believe, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And Baker left this segment saying to Tony, try carrying that for a month. Insider stuff, uh, which I don't think worked. Nope. Uh, I, I would agree with you there. Also, when Baker and Hater walked up, big pop from the crowd because like Baker's not been around for mm -hmm. very long. But I did look at this bit like, oh, I've seen Baker Rosa a lot. I've actually also seen Tony Storm, Britt Baker, a lot, and I suddenly looked at these four women. I was like, "Oh, this is all you've got! Like, mm. this is all of your, this is your entire women's division here because you haven't built anyone else. Because everyone else, aside from Jade Cargill and all the stuff that she's doing, everyone else just feels like really lower down. Like Ruby Soho doesn't feel especially since last year. I don't think Athena does. You know, after her hot debut that she had, Nyla Rose, Nyla really? Rose, Statlander. Like, there's a whole group of these women that just are." doing nothing it's kind of a similar problem that wwe has got where like i think they've had to do becky versus bianca for SummerSlam because they're like well there's literally no one else we can put bianca against other than becky lynch that feel like there might be something big here and i think that aew's got the same problem i think wwe booked their women's division far better and that is tell that something. tell that to smackdown because oh yeah well. <laughs> i would say well Liv morgan's super over they created a star yeah i'll give you that but <clears throat> no one else for her to go up against. I think they've got the same problem, but it is almost magnified. Serena Deeb took on Anna Jay next. Anna Jay, sort of a hometown hero. Uh, so Deeb beat her, uh, made a tap. This I love watching Deeb wrestle. Um, this match was okay. I, I just, yeah, it felt felt a bit WWE to me. Like just going out there, beat Anna Jay, get some cheap heat on the heel to build your Ring of Honor pay-per-view but it, i think it's also done to i agree with you until they did the segment afterwards and i was like oh it is done to try and further some semblance of a story mm -hmm. so I, I get it from that aspect of it but it was like i like anna jay and considering how little she's been doing this for she is quite good but i think this match was that good at all it was given time but it wasn't particularly good and this is kind of one of those matches and it kind of annoys me within all elite wrestling because this match wasn't very good it gives ammunition to those who thinks that women's wrestling is bad mm -hmm. to be like, and this is why AEW shouldn't push its women's division. And that kind of sucks because if you'd had three matches on the show and two of them were really good, this one wouldn't be focused on quite so much. But if you literally got one match and that one match isn't very good, it's all the ammunition uh, mm -hmm. idiots need to say, I am right and they shouldn't do women's wrestling. Yeah. Mercedes Martinez came down to stop D beating up Anna Jay afterwards because they're building their ROH title match. I don't care. I think it's a distraction, the ROH stuff. Jade Cargill and Kira Hogan, Stokely Hathaway, Leah Gray are back, Layla Gray are backstage. They don't trust the new baddie. They'll. I thought they said they'll take on Athena and Statlander on Rampage, but apparently that didn't happen. I don't know. 
I, I, I'll be honest, this is where my kid was screaming. I had yeah. no idea what they said. Jay Lethal stole a commentary headset to say the same promo. Well, that's it. I also didn't hear what Jay said, but I presumed it was the same promo I've heard him cut on Samoa Joe since. Yeah. It feels like November. Yep. To build that ROH show, which is a distraction I don't care about. Uh, Just wait until they got their own TV deal. <clears throat> Tay, Conti, and Anna Jay. Now, so Anna Jay's backstage is being tended to. Tay Conti walks in and says... You need to make better choices for your career. If you shut Ruby Soho's hand in a car door, maybe you'll be getting TV time. Yeah, she made the point of like, oh, that's like your first TV match in months. And it's like, like that's had a Jay's fault and not Tony Khan's mm. booking. But like, it's like, hey, that's your first. And she's like, well, at least I didn't smack Ruby Soho's hand. Like, well, if you did, you might have got a bit more TV time. At least the loss led to some character developments. So yeah. that's a thumbs up from me. Did you see the the Reddit post about Tay Conti? Literally, I never go to Reddit. Two days ago, she has only wrestled once since March seventh, which is when she sided with Sammy Guevara, and that one match was the pay per view mixed tag. This point, no, last year she wrestled something like fifty five matches. You know, pretty good momentum. Up until March, she'd wrestled six matches and has only wrestled one since. That's five months ago. Four or five months ago. It's like Tony saw that. It was eerie that that was posted up and then that this segment happened. And Tay's thing is, well, you might get more TV time. But you haven't. But she has, though. She's been on TV every week. Because she's, she's in segments with Sammy and now she's in segments with Jericho. Yeah, so. so, like, I think that's the point that she was making in the promos. That, like, yeah, you may not agree with what I've done, but mm. I'm on TV more than you are. Well, overall, that was the show. Then we got the main event, which was superb. Uh, I gave it 80%, so sort of a four out of five, which is a lot sort of lower than what I would give a good episode. Yeah. But excellent in-ring matches, but a lot of the... I just didn't feel like there's much exciting direction for things. I mean, this is a four out of five show for mm. me as well. I mean, it's... I would be tempted to push into five out of five because I loved the the main event and the win so much. Mm -hmm. And that has made me, that honestly has made me more excited for the tag team division than the Young Bucks being champions. So I would be tempted to go for five out of five, but realistically everything else on the show would have brought me down back, like stuck me at a four out of five show. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think actually, because we do the polls live now and we can only do four options on there, because why would Google give us five options when they give us that on the community tabs? Uh, they only give us four options for the live chat. Should we start trying to rate things out of four? Yeah, three out of four, I guess then. Yeah, I'd say a three out of four as well. So, Mod Mother, can we have the poll live now, please? Uh, while that's going on, thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon. $25 a month or more, and you'll get a shout-out and wrestling nickname on this very show. Hit the special Hall of Fame music. I have. Shawn Michaels' biggest fan, Brett Guy. I'm so close to being there. Jamie Donovan. Viennes El Desi Motoncello, Jason Hryptes. Spoken last today, Jeremy Smith. John Jenkerson, son of Jenker. Golden John Molden. The easiest name to pronounce, Josh Rosowskis. Justin, the human Godzilla Woostrack. The heir to the throne, Kate Ayers. Up above and Keith below. The Knight Rider, Kit. 
Always leave the crowd wanting Brian Moore. And finally, Lenotier links the sun. Thank you so much for being Pledge Hammers over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Sign up there now because very, very soon, in fact, next week, Tempest and I will be recording our review of Bash at the Beach 1996. Oof. Very, very big one. Big one. So really, really excited to dive into that and to dive into the the observers around that time as well. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Uh, right, wrestletalk.com forward slash support last call for Omega Chats. Thanks for everyone who sent them in so far. Brian Martell, what if the plan is for FTR versus Swerve and Lee down the line and FTR are given the win by a Young Bucks interference, then building to Bucks FTR 3? Uh, that doesn't excite me that much. Elijah? Mm-hmm. Uh, I- Elijah? Was at the show last night. The main event was insane and the roof came off for Keith and Swerve. Hope you guys enjoyed the show as much as I did. Love you guys. Jam that jam. Yeah, the roof came off the place. I really struggled to sell out uh, the next (laughs) pay-per-view. Life life of Deem. First time Ultra Chatter. Swerve debut with the company was in March at Revolution and they became a team late April. I agree with Luke. The storyline is interesting. Also, you can still have FTR win at All Out and Bucks versus FTR 3 at Grand Slam. Not a bad shout. Uh, I thought that Champions versus Champions was the big driver for me, I guess. So then it would be FTR as the only Champions versus Bucks. I don't think that's... All all the belts on the line. Uh, Puckhead, 1994. JR keeps walking out through the heel tunnel. (laughs) Should the rest of the commentary team be worried? Will Christian give JR tips on where to buy turtlenecks? I would wager JR doesn't care. (laughs) Chris Nolan, another great show, but was it just me or the announcement of All Out not a surprise? Because last week's show had a sign in the arena with a date on it. Was I the only one that saw it? It's actually been up since Forbidden Door. Like they've had it up, like throughout Forbidden Door, they had it up. So they've been advertising it within Stadium Street. But this was actually the announcement of tickets going on sale. Less the date. It was more tickets were on sale this Friday. Mm-hmm. Garrett Burns. On the No Way Out 2004 episode of Wrestle Talk Extra, Ollie remarks how he can see Big Show doing commentary when he retires. Years before he signed with AEW, could we get him or, I don't know, possibly an untrained Labradoodle to take over on Dynamite? Couldn't be worse. I think commentary is now good on Dynamite because they've restricted JR to just an hour, which means the first hour is a dream team lineup of Tony Schiavone, Excalibur and Taz. I I really like what they've done with the commentary. Love it. Uh, Danny Torkel, I want the weld for uh, Konosuke Takeshita. AW should sign him, get a cinnamon, Cinnabon sponsorship, and then give him either a long ROH title reign or a TNT title one with bangers like this each week. Love all of Wrestle Talk. Happy summer. Thank you. Thank you. Michaela Traub, so which is it? Yes, Hangman Dark Order or no Hangman Dark Order? You wanted it, but we got it, and now you don't? I'm just a bit confused. We were all yelling for this to happen for weeks. Now, I think what we're asking for, Michaela, is a, con- a coherent story. <laughs> to be told here because my big note i had on that which we didn't talk about is that alex reynolds is now fine with hangman page yeah he had a huge problem with him when he was champion because he was picking the um jurassic express over them and he was like we did everything for you and you just left us high and dry and now here he's like hey cool nice to see you page so there's they i think they've dropped the ball hugely Mm -hmm. with this story 
Blinken1995. Mox saying that he will only team with someone if he bleeds with them. Do you think that Takeshita could join uh, Blackpool Combat Club? Every time someone bleeds in a Mox match, I can't help but think they could. It adds an extra layer to his matches. Much love from South Africa. Totally agree. Uh, they both bled. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, that should have been an extra layer to this story. I... I'm a proponent of keeping factions small. Mm, get rid of Claudio, I agree. <laughs> I don't want this to new world order and just like every week someone new gets added to the, the group. Mm. Bad boy Dino. Can't wait for Wardlow versus Luchasaurus. That would be a great match. Oh, yeah. Also, I freaking love Takeshita. Yes. Oh, do you know what? There's a comment here. Annika Wilson, thank you very much. But this is what really winds me up. They settle their differences on being the elite. Mm. You need to show that. It's on, not. On it's not good TV. enough. It's not good enough. JS Wooten. The young bucks will need trios belts now, and the bucks aren't hot for FTR right now. However, Tony Khan making people happy, pushing two very over talents, is a nice moment. <laughs> Ollie's wishy Sunak's loving crap just isn't making into people making people happy. Dad and top hair Ollie for life. Dad and top hair. Uh, loving Rishi Sunak, are you? Well, someone's got to take control. <laughs> Ruben Van Zegist. Did you notice how annoyed Ruby and Ortiz looked at Eddie Kingston, especially when he grabbed Ruby's arm and Ortiz's hat? I'm thinking that they might be turning on him soon. I didn't notice that. I think they're just more angry at Jericho. Yeah, that's the impression I got. Yeah. Riot DR. I was nervous when I saw Wardlow versus Cassidy. Wardlow needs to be portrayed as a juggernaut with rugged good looks. So happy they got the comedy in early and just had a really good match. Props to ripping Cassidy's pockets out of his pockets. Which was then followed up. But yes, we didn't talk about that, but he literally... He went to put his hands in his pockets. Wardlow pulled them out, ripped them off. Great reaction from the crowd. And Cassidy then put up Wardlow straps back onto him. He's like, let's not go into that finish just yet. Where were we? Right, DR again. Hey, if Mick Foley can be three other people by changing shirts, Jericho can be different with a jaunty hand and makeup. Looking forward to and terrified for next week's match. Kingston is still amazing. Thank you for all the coverage. Much love. Jam that jam. Difference is there is that all of Mick Foley's three personalities were cool. <laughs> Kevin! Thunderstorm, Baker Hater, Nyla Shafir. It's obvious now. It's the return of the Women's Tag Team Tournament with the big gold medals that will definitely mean something in the future. I forgot that happened. Do you remember who won them? Thunder Rosa and Diamante? Diamante and, um, oh my God, what's her name? The one who had the thing with Thunder Rosa. Yeah, I got them. Oh, Elise. Elise. Elise, yeah. yes. Thank you very much, yeah. Wow. This... Um, so actually, so people have been asking this about uh, on Sean's Fightful Select podcast that he does on the backstage report, like the Q and A rather, being like, with all of these tag teams, you think they're going to introduce tag titles? It's like, yeah, I think there's a possibility that they may do. And every time I hear that, I'm like, not more belts. Like, we don't need more belts. Breaking Sydney trios tag team: Toriano, <laughs> Orange Cassidy, and Danhausen, unbeatable. I would love that to be fair. Well, no, I'd throw a Carter in there. <laughs> Really glue that team together. Trent's mum. <laughs> Nathan Portwoman. Ollie, would you please explain Danhausen to me? Because from where I'm sitting, he is not needed at all. I don't get him. Anyway, have a good weekend, everyone. Thanks for another great podcast that I can listen to on company time. You're welcome. Our pleasure. Well, I can't really explain Danhausen to you because I don't get him either. But I can explain, well, I can observe that a lot of people do love him. You can't like everything, but you can sure recognise when someone's over gets huge reactions in the crowd. So, yeah. 
Uh, Blakely, he did it for... For uh, Wait a minute, this isn't Raw, so I can't make the joke. This show was great. Moxie continues to be my favourite wrestler, followed closely by the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club. I love the main event, but Takeshita is effing wonderful. Well, I appreciate you trying to make the joke, Blakely. William Banter. I love the finish of the TNT title match. Wardlow beating Cassidy with only one powerbomb reminds everyone that's all he needs. I agree on that. I, I did like that. The symphony is a message to his opponents, not his finisher. He had respect for Cassidy to only hit one, and that's all he needed. Uh, Austin Money. Ollie would want to immediately put a title on Swerve the first day he joined the company in February. Dude loves to hotshot book wrestling. Well, I did see someone earlier in the comments that just said, Ollie was complaining that Keith Lee was lost in the shuffle not that long ago, and now he's a tag champ. He's <laughs> complaining about that. That was a criticism from five months ago. Things change. Because you're fickle. Why do people keep holding me to stuff I've said? <laughs> Why do you keep holding AEW to the standards they set last year? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Tamruza, disappointed AEW going back to Chicago and in the now arena. Needs a fresh arena and bigger venue. Hope New Japan going to UK speeds up an AEW show there. It was great to see Buddy back here in Melbourne. Melbourne, his home. Have a nice reunion with Adam Brooks and Slex. I, I wouldn't be disappointed they go back to Chicago. Chicago's the home of all out. Hmm. It yeah. makes sense to do it there. And apparently, according to JR, within the next calendar year, we will see AEW in the UK. Will Campbell. Hi, guys. Were Warner execs in the crowd again? Because the D versus Anna J match was the best women's match on TV, not counting Forbidden Door, since the LA Forum show right after Double or Nothing. I don't think it was nearly as bad as you say it was. I didn't get into it. I didn't think it was bad. Uh, I really liked D wrestling. Jay's comeback at the end was good. But yeah, I just... There's no story. There's That's no story. That, I need something to hook me in. Yeah, I think there have been much better matches. Tam Rizza. Guys, please check out the GI presser. It was fun and... Oh, the G1 presser. It was fun and Zack Sabre Jr., Jay White, Will Ospreay and Juice Robinson was fun. Can't wait for that. Dynamite makes Ollie scary sarcastic. AW Dark was great. I saw Cardona, Mundo, Tyre, T. Miguel, Alex Zane and Chelsea Green here in Melbourne that past weekend. Awesome. Uh, Mr. Gutso Gutto, not on the topic of dynamite. I was recently trying to get my friend into wrestling. She was quite interested until I told her about blading. Her reaction was an immediate nope. And to be honest, I don't blame her. Ever had a similar experience? I have not. I, well, I mean, my wife hates it when they, they mm. bleed. Um, next week's show is an episode I can't watch in the living room because there's going to be blood in the uh, Jericho Kingston match. So... Can't watch that with a 10-month-old, apparently. She's not going to remember it. No, but like it's a bit, it's a bit of a drastic change from Hey Dougie. Yeah. Uh, which is a brilliant show, by the way. My experience is with Pete, when I try and <laughs> explain to him how fun unprotected chair shots are to the head. And he's like, but it gives them concussions. Grow up. Grow up, Pete. Uh, Sheldon Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend, if you're new to Patreon, Go and listen to Ollie and Pete review ECW One Night Stand 2. Can't get into it. Because it's Ollie being like, this show is amazing. It may not be as good as the first one, but hot damn, it's so good. And Pete like, oh, I didn't like it when they went through the table. <laughs> Which is totally, totally right. He didn't grow up in that time. Sheldon Jackson, I can't wait for Hobbs versus Wardlow for the TNT title. There's a lot of hoss battles for that belt. And Michael Dominguez for now. Can I get a HBD from Ollie? 
Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, Last week I said all the ex-WWE guys getting an AEW champ push just made MJF right. Since the A-team is injured, make stars out of the mid-card. Let Team Taz run wild. Mox versus Brian Danielson or Mox versus Punk is good, but doesn't need the belt. I... I'm just going to push back on the idea that Keith Lee is an ex-WWE guy Mm, and that Swerve Strickland is an ex-WWE guy when both of them were there for a year, two years. Three years, maybe, if you count developmental. Like, yeah, if you like on the main roster at the very least. (laughs) Swerve Strickland was there for two shows on the main Mm. roster. Like, they're not... Just because they were in WWE doesn't mean they're ex-WWE guys. They're ex-indie guys. Yeah. That's what they are. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today and watching the AEW Dynamite review and for all your generous Omega chats. The other way to support this show is please go over to Incogni. Check them out. It's a great service. We both use it here. And it makes us sleep better at night. This came in from John. He says, hello, Rest Talk. Just want to say how much it's been great watching the recent Dynamite reviews with Luke and Ollie. You have two different and conflicting views on some of the sections. However, you are able to discuss this in a friendly way without it turning into a shouting match, trying to convince each other the other is wrong. It shows a maturity and a deep level of friendship that you are both confident to discuss alternative views with each other at a public video. Really enjoy that content and feel it should be adapted with other hosts. It's fine to disagree and have alternative viewpoints. Thank you for the content, especially the AEW podcast. It was you guys that showed me that there are alternatives to WWE and it saved my wrestling fandom. Thank you for that, John. Oh, thank you very much, John. I think a few years... That's a very nice compliment of you to say as well. Uh, We're a big believer in, you know, polite discourse. Mm -hmm. But I think a few years ago, that would... That would be far more normal. Like, you wouldn't compliment someone for just talking nicely to someone else, (laughs) even though they disagree on things. But these days, it's obviously a bit more fractured. What would you say has been our biggest disagreement on a podcast? Uh, I know exactly what uh, you once shot me down for an idea. a, A suggestion that I said on a podcast and you shot me down. Uh, it was when AJ Styles had a match with Andrade on SmackDown, and I said this was a star-making por- performance for Andrade, <laughs> and you said no, it wasn't. <laughs> and you were just like, Andrade's getting nothing off the back of this. Yeah. And I was arguing to, I was red in the face, being like, this is it. This is mm. the moment that we've been waiting for with Andrade. This is the moment they can start to push him now. And you're like, nope. It's not happening, though. Uh, do, does that stay with you then, as a as a thing where I was right? Yes, because <laughs> you were. <laughs> Um, thankfully he's had a great run in AEW mm. yeah yeah, it'll happen, it'll happen. <laughs> I'll just wait for that match with AJ Styles uh, they'll do something in Ring of Honor I'm sure <laughs> uh, The I think I can't remember any specifics I actually I can think of another one but I'll let mm. you go I think we you know we'll, we'll sh- sometimes shout at each other about big things but I think the things we weirdly disagree on most are like l- really <laughs> tiny insignificant parts yeah, yeah. of shows oh yeah those are, the, those are the fun bits the only other one i could think of is ultimate deletion uh was it called ultimate deletion um the wwe the one. wwe yeah. one with matt and bray but I, I i mean that's one of those things where i can totally it's it's inherently divisive but i'm like i think you were surprised that i just thought it was okay oh yeah because you I didn't, didn't dislike I didn't, it, I didn't or, hate it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. My, my my biggest note was that WWE hated it because mm. Michael Gull introduced it being like, I'm sorry for what you're about to watch. 
I cannot explain its popularity. Watch it if you want to. But I would recommend switching over the channel to something else. Inexplicably burying their own product. Yeah. Such a, such a weird company. Well, do you know what I watched last night? Uh, Scream 5. Okay, is this the one that was on Gogglebox recently? So it's the updated one. Yes. And, and she, the, the first scene is a redo, but she's got a, an app to, lock to control the, the house. Yes. Yeah. yeah she's yeah. texting Ghostface. Yeah, yeah. And she's on the phone with him as well because, mm-hmm. you know, it's all. But uh, I actually really, I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, there was some fun meta commentary. You know, like, first one, it's meta commentary on slashes. Second one is meta commentary on sequels. Third one is a meta commentary on franchises uh, or trilogies. And then Scream 4, which I think is hugely underrated, is a great meta commentary on remakes mm. and the idea of remaking a horror franchise because every horror franchise had been remade by that point. But this is a sequel that is trying to be a remake. And the film is like actively stopping itself from being a remake and being a sequel. Um, like that, I, I, I oh, thought I was very meta. The fifth one is meta commentary on requels. Right. The idea of, yes, we're trying to reboot this franchise, but we have to tie it back to legacy characters and shoehorn them into these situations and stuff. And I remember when Dan and I were talking about it on Cineworld, I kept saying, it's like, I don't know why this isn't just called Scream 5. Because you can put the 5 in the place but of they, the S. But they haven't done that either. It's just called Scream. Mm. There's no reference to it being the fifth one. It's genuinely confusing. But that's the joke. Like, that's a reference in the movie. So the plot of the movie is that the Stab franchise, which Mm. is the franchise within the Scream universe that is about the Scream movies. Brilliant. Brilliant, love it. The eighth one is the most hated movie. Like, they (laughs) rebooted it, and they just called it Stab, as if to try and... We are rebooting this thing. They even say it. It's directed by Rian Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) They just—they don't say his name, but they're like, "I oh, yeah, wasn't that directed by the Knives Out guy." Yeah, and like the eighth movie of a popular franchise that was really divisive with fans. It's so really clever within all of that, and I actually got a bit of a kick out of a lot of that kind of commentary. And they even showed like a YouTube channel that rips it apart, being like, "Look, they changed everything about the. This doesn't. This wasn't in line with what I think the franchise should be." And there are online petitions to remake. Stab oh, eight. That's fun. It that's is. us. Yeah. They're making fun of us. Yeah. Roast me. And they're making fun of toxic fandom and things <laughs> like that. And it's I, there's some really good stuff in there. Uh, I don't think it completely works. Uh, I, I but I thought it was fine. It is better than Scream three. I think uh, I need to rewatch it. I think it might be better than Scream two. Oh, but that's, that's only because I don't like the ending of Scream mm. two. I don't like the reveal. I think the reveal is actually quite lame. <laughs> But I, but I also think that it being lame is part of the joke. Anyway, that's all we've got time for on this edition of the WrestleTalk podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We are, I'm back tomorrow with Denise Salcedo talking about the week's news. And then on Saturday, it'll be Pete and Tempest reviewing SmackDown and Rampage. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.